Welcome to the Data Diaries podcast and this special series on leading through the COVID-19 crisis for visitor attractions executives with your host, Angie Judge, Chief Executive of Dexhibit, Big Data Analytics for Visitor Attractions. Hi and welcome. I'm here today with Sabina Lehman, a consultant at Curiositas and with the African Association of Visitor Experiences and Attractions or AVEA out of Cape Town. Welcome, Sabina. Hi, nice to be part of this. Thank you. And Sabina, whereabouts are you at the moment? Where, what is life like for you where you are? Yes, so I'm based in Cape Town, South Africa, so at the very southern tip of Africa. Um, we are currently experiencing a national lockdown, uh, which was about, is about five weeks in length. It's a very strict lockdown. We're not allowed to leave the house, not even to take the dog for a walk. Alcohol and cigarette sales have been banned. And uh, we're only allowed to leave the house to buy groceries or if you need to go to the hospital or see a doctor. So it's, it's a very strict national lockdown. Wow, that is indeed the strictest one I think we've heard of so far. And to tell, tell us a little bit about the health and economic situation for where you are and what strategies are the government implementing around what's happening in tourism so forth? Yes, so um, as you can imagine, the African countries in Africa and also South Africa itself have less economic depth than uh, perhaps other uh, first world countries, emerging economies had less savings to start with. So the lockdown um, and lack of economic exchange that's able to take place in all its forms is affecting us very severely. Um, emerging economies are often really dependent on small and medium enterprises and small, very small businesses, day-to-day cash exchanges. So um, it is affecting these people very hard. Actually, last night, our president Ramaphosa announced a wide range of support for particularly those that are in very poor. Um, so there was a coronavirus um, grant uh, that amounts for, for every person that's going hungry, increase of child support grant, increase of uh, unemployment fund, and that's really at the very um, at the very one-on-one person level. Um, and then there's some support for small businesses, but there isn't a lot of money available. So whilst the amounts sound big when put together, it's 500 million rand, the individual household amount, amount is in fact very small. Hmm. Uh, so what's happening uh, in terms of stimulus or government support, particularly in the tourism sector at the moment? So the government has um, announced some new support structures, but previous to this, they had announced support for small and medium enterprises and tourism, uh, where they'd offered a once-off grant per business of 50,000 Rand, which is only about 2,600 US dollars. And bear in mind, this is not per month, it's a once-off grant. So it really is aimed at the very small tourism enterprise um, that's owner-driven and that perhaps has to just keep themselves going for a month, month or two. We do know, of course, that tourism will be um, impacted way, way more than just the next month or two, if not six months. And what's happening for those museums and attractions? What's the general sentiment of how people are feeling out there in the industry? People are very worried. Um, We're still in lockdown, so we haven't even been able to think about when we can open and what it might look like. 
The tourism economy in sub-Saharan Africa is very dependent on international tourism, which is, of course, we know will be severely constrained for, well, anybody's guess, but we'd say at least the next year, uh, particularly as sub-Saharan Africa is a long-haul flight away from our major markets. Um, locally, some visitor attractions are, um, do have a strong um, local domestic market, and those that do, not all of them do, but those that do will be in a better position to, when they reopen, to get people through the door. But there are many visitor attractions and experiences that were based on international visitors, and those will be struggling to uh, have to rethink their marketing and how they appeal to the local domestic market, which of course will also be constrained uh, as they too will be under economic constraints um, with less cash flow themselves. Sabina, are you seeing any differences or uh, challenges between different regions or, or perhaps countries within Africa? There will certainly be different challenges uh, in the different countries in Africa because we have quite different markets. So uh, North Africa, north of the Sahara, you know, the, the, let me put it this way, the largest tourist economies in Africa are um, South Africa, Morocco, Egypt, Tunisia, and they have different tourist economies. So as you can imagine, Egypt, Morocco, Tunisia is more dependent on European, uh, short, relatively short haul travel, uh, sun and sea, uh, and South Africa is a long haul destination. Um, so they then, and then, of course, we've got all the safari nations, which is Namibia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, the countries in sub-Saharan Africa. So they definitely have different tourism strategies. For example, Botswana has a um, low number, high yield tourism strategy. So they um, ask for, they, they prefer a high yield tourist and prefer fewer of them, uh, which is a very different strategy to, for example, Egypt or Morocco. So the regions will def definitely be responding differently and will have different issues within this crisis. And if we're looking back to how Africa handled the GFC and OAT or even um, sort of the timing around 01 with 9-11 with and the changes that rocketed around the world for that, um, are there any sort of lessons that the industry is carrying with it from those times? Uh, yes, you know, Africa as a continent has handled, handled many crises even beyond 9-11 and GFC. There was the Ebola crisis um, a few years ago that um, even though it affected a part of Africa in terms of the actual virus, South Africa, for example, which was further away from the center of the Ebola crisis than Spain, saw a massive drop in tourism arrivals. Um, then we've also had um, issues with uh, terrorism acts in Egypt and in Kenya and in South Africa and Cape Town specifically, we've had the issue of the water crisis two years ago. So we have weathered many storms and many crises. Um, Africa tends to feel the effects of these relatively quickly and immediately and sharply. But so far in the past, we have also always come out of it again. Um, and perhaps because we have weathered more of these storms, we are able to be a little bit more resilient um, in these storms uh, because we're, we're more used to factors changing so quickly. And have you got an idea on, on what the horizon looks, looks like in terms of when museums and attractions might open again? Is it next week, next month, next quarter? Yeah. So in South Africa, there has been no comment yet from the president. Um, we are officially closed or officially in lockdown until the 31st of April. And um, we are waiting for announcement on Thursday where he said he will start considering the easing of lockdown. 
Uh, so we have no idea yet when that will reopen, unfortunately. Do we have an idea of what reopening might look like? You mentioned international tourism being off the table. Is there sort of an idea of whether people might get out and about domestically? Yes, so we are aware that, so we're assuming, and it has been hinted at, that there will be a phased reopening, what that phasing looks like and how long those phases are, we don't know in South Africa. Uh, but the industry is aware that uh, for the next few months, we, 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 we will be dependent on local tourism, hyper-localized initially, literally just your neighborhoods, and then perhaps day trippers, trippers and eventually uh, overnighters, and perhaps eventually regionally. So that's certainly what a lot of people will be banking on. Um, South Africans themselves, those who can afford it, will enjoy traveling in their country. There are big safari fans, South African national parks, the largest national park system, um, one of the largest national park systems in the world, actually has 70% of its uh, admissions, of its entrances are from local South Africans. So that's a good base wow. to start. Um, and then we have a couple of attractions that are highly dependent on local visitors, like Wishaka Marine World, it's a water park, 95% local. But Cape Town, for example, that has a large, uh, a greater dependence on international visitors, um, here attractions will need to have a look at how they draw domestic visitors. So it's an opportunity for domestic visitors to explore their own country. And that's certainly how South African tourism is um, going to start marking, marketing it locally. How this works for sub-Saharan countries that have less of a, a domestic market. So in Africa, for example, the domestic market um, is about four out of 10 tra people travel intra-regionally and worldwide that number is about eight out of 10. So on the one hand, you can say we've got a larger uh, untapped market we can work with. Uh, but we have a lot of work to do to encourage people to travel domestically and interregionally. And of course, it's always dependent on people's personal financial circumstances, which we know will be severely constrained. Much of the hope for domestic tourism in Africa was placed on the growing uh, middle class um, and its ability and desire to spend discretionary spend on experiences. That, of course, is also going to be changing because Africa will be harder, harder hit perhaps than most from an economic point of view. And with that change to consumer spending and the wider economic impacts, how do you see that, that affecting the industry and the sorts of visitor attractions that you work with? It's going to affect them um, very deeply. Very few attractions have government support, many of them, or, or they have very little government support, again, because support goes elsewhere in the economy. So um, a lot of the larger museums uh, are self-funded or funded by um, personal benefactors. A lot of visitor attractions are privately owned. So again, uh, the constraints and the ability to pull through until admissions will get back to any kind of normalized level or any kind of level where um, it can self-sustain itself will be very difficult. Southern Africa at the moment is in winter, uh, which is a traditionally quieter period anyway, also traditionally a period where you do pull in the domestic market with winter specials. Um, so maybe the one slight little colorful ray on the horizon is that perhaps six months of now, from now when coronavirus is a little bit more um, understood worldwide, we will be entering our 
peak summer period, which is December, January, and February. Um, so we would have had five or six months during our traditional quiet period to get ready for this new normal. Of course, we don't know what that's going to look like or whether it'd be close to reopening again then. And with that new normal, how long do you think it's going to take for the industry to recover? Are we talking months or years? I would say years. And again, it's too early to say, but certainly um, the professionals in the industry that I've been talking to are saying that international levels back to 2019, anything from, from three years and onwards. Uh, so, you know, we are constrained by long haul flights, uh, by world sentiment, but we also have positive things that are in our that are to our benefit. So Africa and Southern Africa has often sold itself on sun, sea, safari, and sand. And perhaps now, um, because much of what we offer is, is uncrowded, over-tourism is not an issue, uh, wide open spaces, national parks are healthy, wide open spaces to be. So perhaps our new focus will be on, you know, open spaces, quietness, um, safe, serene, silent, and slow instead of sun, sea, sand, perhaps. Um, you know, going to a national park uh, is almost, an, is almost a, an exercise in physical distancing already because that's the aim, to get out into nature. And equally, if we go to our museums here, they are not overcrowded at all compared to what we've seen in Europe. So that is the one benefit we have, um, but we have to get people, international people here in a, on a long-haul flight, and that might be difficult. I think you might have coined a new uh, phrase for tourism Africa there. And um, what do you think is uh, unique about attractions in your region that is either good or bad economically in these sorts of times? Uh, so the uniqueness is exactly that, that they are almost, many of them are natu a natural form of isolation. If you think of going to Namibia, it's, it sells itself on wide open spaces and it really does have amazing wide open spaces. Um, we, uh, the attractions are also, they are not overcrowded um, at all, even the very well-known attractions. They also are uh, very affordable and even more so because for many currencies have lost against the US dollar. So uh, the affordability of coming to Southern Africa and Africa in general will be, uh, will be greater. So those, that's all things that are in our favor. In terms of value for money and the quality of what the visitor attractions offer you are very high quality. Um, people are always really impressed with the quality and quantity of visitor experience that you get. Um, it, it, the standards are really very high. So um, you're getting a high quality experience that's actually not overcrowded and that um, is now more affordable than ever. And tell us a bit more about the work that you do through your association. How are you supporting uh, museums and attractions at this point in time? Yeah, so the African Association of Visitor Experiences and Attractions uh, was formed about six years ago. And here we uh, try and be the voice of the attractions industry. Uh, it's, relatively, it's a relatively new voice. Uh, we are working with South, South African tourism to understand how attractions need to get ready for uh, reopening um, and helping them understand what physical distancing might look like, uh, helping them understand what a low contact um, experience might look like, uh, because we believe that people will want to keep their personal contact for, for, 
for parts of the experience that truly enhance the experience and all the transactional aspects of your experience will need to be as low contact as possible you know paying online uh, not buying tickets at the ticket window and this will be difficult for some attractions to implement because of course that involves some tech and some money mm, yeah it's going to be a, a hard challenge for some of the smaller organizations i bet yeah Mm. And so what piece of advice do you have to offer for those listeners out there elsewhere in the world? Um, what can people learn from your region? Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, our region often looks to other regions to learn rather than the other way around. And I think the one thing that I can uh, attest to is that a focus on personal resilience um, in times of crisis is what's gotten many um, African tourism colleagues through because we've had a range of crises over the last 10 years um it too shall pass um and really a focus on on what you can do a for yourself and your own um, colleagues and employees and then uh focus on really um step by step one step at a time going forward Thank you so much, Sabina, for joining us today. And um, where should uh, should people go to learn more about your work? Sabina, where can people go to learn more about your work? So you can have a look at the at the website for Avia, which is avia.org.za. And you can also follow me on my Twitter handle, Sabina Lehman, at CityBallKid, where I do a lot of curating of information around visitor attractions and experiences, particularly in Southern Africa. Thank you so much for joining us today. And for more information on the COVID crisis for visitor attractions, head to www.dexhibit.com forward slash COVID-19. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sabina. I really appreciate understanding a bit more perspective on the African region. Thank you very much. Love you to chat.